understanding to the simple. So we thank you Lord that as we just uh, allow your word to work on us through the hearing of it. Mixing our faith with it. Thanking you for it and blessing you for it. That we will begin to have understanding and enlightenment and everything that we need that comes through your word. Thank you for it Father in Jesus name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. 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 So uh, last week we started speaking about uh, what do you see. Uh, It's very important to see correctly the way God sees things I think very often we fight the vision of God because we're just so accustomed to our own thoughts and our own ways and holding on to that you know uh, on as a way of life uh, I remember uh, talking to a uh, I, I had a psychiatrist for most of the five years that I was recovering from um, from a nervous breakdown, and I remember he was uh, he was saying, "Well, there's things that you believe that just aren't true." And I thought, I said, "Really?" And he said, "Well, yeah." He said, "That's why you you're anxious and all of that kind of stuff." He says, "You know, if you drop that," I said, "Well, if I just quit." thinking like I think he said what do I think about he said the truth <laughs> he said things find things that are true so I went home and asked God about that and he showed me Philippians 4 that said to think on things whatsoever is true whatsoever is honest so I find that found that most people believe lies at least part of what we believe is not true if you believe that you're not healed that's a lie if you believe that you've not prospered that's a lie if you believe that God will not bring you certain things that you've asked for that's a lie if you believe that you'll never get to a certain place in life that's a lie and so the Bible admonishes us to think on the things that are true because as you think in your heart that's what you take on I mean that becomes a part of your life Uh, you embrace it as uh, a part of you if you mix your faith with it and hold on to it and so I began to understand that there was much that I had to uh, get corrected and it's called the renewing of your mind it's a process of of uh, what God wants to uh, help all of us with he expects us to begin to accept truth and just make the decision to believe him and not what we have been believing it's not that hard all you have to do is saturate your thinking with the word there's so many things that we can do uh, that that aren't the word that we saturate our minds with Uh, some people think it's uh, it's okay to watch uh, a lot of reality television but sometimes that'll get to be your reality if you're not careful you know you you saturate yourself with these things and then you'll find that these people become your heroes somehow you know you want to be like Snooky or or uh, <laughs> you know whoever's the going <laughs> or the situation you know whoever it is that you you watch and you admire you know sometimes things get your attention you don't know why 
You know, it's sometimes they remind you some were just look interesting or you can't believe this is on television kind of thing. So you have to watch, you know, the enemy will find all kinds of way to hook us in. And then pretty soon we picked up that idea or that idea is not so foreign to us anymore. We start to look at it as though it's something to, um, you know, I just we just tolerate it. And what you tolerate, pretty much you start to embrace. And so we have to be careful to renew our minds thank God some of these things turn you off you know when you watch them your mind looks at it and you say to yourself now this really is not real how could people really live like this this is not you know what what we consider to be a normal life and it's not what God considers to be a normal life you have to make that judgment so that you don't cross over and start to tolerate it and embrace it and so not that you hate people or anything that has nothing to do with it but there's a standard by which we live as Christians when something doesn't measure up to it you make a judgment call you know you judge that this is not for me you know this is what not what God has ordained for my life I'm a holy person I'm a righteous person I'm set apart to be used by God I am sanctified and a sanctified person does not embrace this kind of thinking and this way of life and so it has to be that way folks if we're going to properly represent God last week we talked about the fact that Moses got to see the promised land he got a vision of something that he didn't possess we can get a vision but not possess it why didn't he possess it and the Bible says because he failed to sanctify God before the people so how you represent God is very very important to the success of your personal walk Jesus said if you deny me before men I'll deny you before the father and that didn't mean on on the last day (laughs) it means you know you he's your intercessor man he's ministering over your prayers all the time and sitting right at the right hand of the father so you know could it be that he would deny us that well sure it would be you know I mean come on now let's get real so if we're afraid to represent God properly here or we don't want to or we take liberties because you know the people that we're dealing with are such wrong people you know that's the time to be ultra right when you're around a lot of wrong you understand what I'm saying I I was listening to some of the comments that people were making about uh, you know the uh, Republicans and you know the the uh, presidential candidate and all this kind of stuff and okay so Romney's not what they say personable or something like that I mean come on the guy's pushing 70 how much of a come on you know really I mean just just people in general when they reach that age they ain't real concerned about you know man pleasing you know you get over the man pleasing aspect of life so okay he's not as as personable and we got to get to know him and all this kind you know is it if if you're in the top of a burning building and somebody's standing out there with with fireman's garb on and and tells you to jump, you're not gonna ask him if you like them. You're going to try to find out how personable they are, huh? I'm serious. I mean, what difference could that make if you like somebody? Can they do the job? Can they function? Give me a break. 
people get caught up on, on such nonsense things you know uh, but but these things you know it, what's important is that you look beyond these little personal you know little things and and get to the meat of what we're here for you know as believers our meat is to do the will of God in all times and to represent him and to be uh on point for him you know and and be looking for God to open doors for us to minister to people and not pass up those opportunities to sanctify God in front of people let people know God is a holy God I mean this business about gay marriage and all this stuff is wrong yeah i don't care how right you want to make it and how you feel sorry for gay people because you know everybody picks on them or whatever you think it's still wrong you didn't make the rules it's wrong before god it's wrong the, the living that way is wrong period and so we have to make sure that we represent god folks and it's not easy all the time in fact it's never easy yeah I can remember sharing Christ with family members and I was so excited about God and I thought everybody else would be too and it it hurt my feelings to see the looks I got and the way they would watch you to see if you were off your rocker and all that kind of stuff and yeah I'm off my rocks it was easy for me because I went crazy you know that makes it a little easy because you don't have to be sane and be looked at like you're crazy i I, that was a normal look for me because i was crazy so it didn't bother me you know what bothered me is that it, it you know they would say no to something i knew was wonderful you know this is what this is all you have to portray to people that life with god is wonderful man you when i think about what i used to live like before i was anxious about everything and insecure and uncertain scared of going to hell scared of living for god scared of going to heaven you know everything scares you when you don't have that peace with god and so now i have peace with god and i'm able to to even withstand your little crazy looks you understand me you know just come back when you really want him you may not think you want him now but come back when you do you know i'll be here to pray for you well i'll pray for myself i'm not sure you're gonna get through Amen. Amen. Hmm? let's just break it on down and be normal here because there's so such wickedness and such evil you know people say things just to get you off their back you got to always have a way back in you know if, with the words so but anyway as we were speaking last week we were talking about being able to have a vision from God and it not come to pass hmm? and Moses didn't come to pass because of a basic disobedience that God could not permit if he were going to go further with him this was the whole thing in a nutshell there are certain things that that we carry in us that cannot cross over into the promised land and so it was God's judgment there that he would raise up someone else to take the people over because Moses was kind of a hothead and you can't be hot-headed and be a man of peace at the same time David couldn't build a temple either 
you know I mean it wasn't really like a judgment indictment thing it was just part of this was what David was called to do with Moses it was a choice but Moses would get so wound up listening to the people that he couldn't obey God and see leaders have to be more dedicated and trusting of God than that they've got to separate that out and be able to still obey God even though you know people are are antagonizing them because people are always going to be there to antagonize people who are leaders so that's that's a given and so Moses wasn't able to separate that out and still obey God he did something that that God did not want done and it represented a, a an aspect of God that wasn't true you can't you can't profane God among people you can't say that God is for certain things that he's not for you, you can't do that you know or you will suffer the the consequences if you don't straighten that out and so Moses wasn't able to get that straightened out he took the people as far as someone with his abilities could take them but God wants his people always to go all the way so this has always been true God told Moses to go and prepare Joshua to take the people into the promised land you know Moses can you handle that assignment without goofing it up and so Moses was able to impart God's words to them and so there was somebody else raised up to do the next leg of the relay so to speak so David being a man of war had to build up the finances you know he had quite a big war chest from from just conquering lands and you cannot build when there's turmoil around you have to have peace and so Solomon came at a time when Israel was at peace with all of their enemies and David had built up and stored up enough money and enough treasury and had set up worship and all of those things so that when Solomon came he could step right into it and he was able to build the temple of God because there was peace all around them so there's some of us who are called to do certain aspects of ministry and some are called to do other things God has five different types of ministers to do his work that's here in the earth I wouldn't feel slighted about you know if I couldn't do everything you know nowadays people want to be every every gift that they can be you know they're just busy people just always run around into something you know instead of spending that time meditating in God and, and finding out what what's on God's heart what God wants for his people that kind of stuff and, and feeding the sheep and so uh, in that we we see that God has a purpose for our obedience after we have received a vision for him from him when we get the word the word of prophecy and we can see where God's heading us and what he has for us after that all we have to do is stay on the path of obedience to God and then we will walk into that that he wants for us just like they crossed over the Jordan and they got into the promised land we if we obey God will walk into the promises that he has for us does have to be obedient you know sometimes you're obedient and you don't want to be sometimes you're but you know the consequences of disobedience sometimes your flesh will will try to 
you know back up on your recoil on your tell you you know you don't want to do that and you don't want to do this and this is you know sometimes your flesh gets tired and you feel like all I need to do is push myself this one last push <laughs> you know and I'll have it done even though I'm not real enthusiastic about it you got to give yourself that last push instead of quitting See, the quit is what takes you out of it. And so many times, you you know, you'll want to quit on things. You quit on relationships. That's what really gets Christians into most trouble is, is relationships. Because there are certain people that God will put into your life. If they're a blessing, you know, you, you feel blessed. But sometimes a relationship isn't as blessful <laughs> as we want it to be. Sometimes you have to work a little bit at the relationship. By that I mean you have to forgive. And you have to do things to maintain peace. You have to do things that are, are going to conquer your flesh. So that you don't have to be right all the time. You don't have to have a last word all the time. You don't have to do a lot of things that your flesh would want to do. And so these are things that are, are very very important to God. And these are the things that we get tested on as believers. Because these are the 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 times when God will look at us and say, "Well, they've endured and they they've gotten rid of that thing that was in them that was going to keep them out. That thing that Moses couldn't get out of him. See, there's a little bit of that in all of us, and if we will let God uh, help us to overcome that through um, through the relationships often." that we have then we'll be able to endure to the end and stay on the path he wants us on devil likes to pull you off through offenses and you know uh, pride and you know sometimes we think we're better than certain people we don't have the time for them don't want to be bothered with them all this kind of stuff and and you know there's there's something there that is keeping us from being as peaceful about certain people or as giving as we want to be and you know you can be a pretty good person and still have junk inside that God has to deal with so when when you can overcome those things and stay obedient and hang on to the relationship even though it's rocky sometimes or even though it's not as what you want it to be sometimes if you can hold on and and stay on course with God then God will be able to bring you into the promise so that you can receive everything that he has for us so he kind of tests us that way as believers sometimes you don't even think the person next to you is much going for them and then God will just have you bless that person have you work with that person have you stay faithful with that person and and pretty soon you'll see the end result of it God will prosper and bless you often through um, something that that individual will do for you you know that's the real kicker that's when you really get convicted you know it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance and so we'll look and say man I want to kick this person out of my life 15 times and then turn around and bless me huh (laughs) that's amazing and so he'll let you see sometimes you see i told you stay with me and you'd be all right you don't know what i've ordained for that individual sometimes a difficult person is more obedient than we are and we always think somebody else is a problem you know what i'm saying because they're not like us 
like we're God. Thank God they're not like you. You got me and God is God still. And so it's amazing sometimes what God will show us if we'll just remain obedient to him. See that's the whole thing. Obedience really is a faith operation. It, It takes faith to obey God. It's a faith operation if ever there was one. <clears throat> to stay in a uh, situation or a relationship or anything like that. And still love people. Still care about them. Still pray for them. Still you know if, when, when they call you up you're nice to them. You're friends with them. You're patient with them. All those things. If you can master that. Be a Christian all the time. That's all God wants us to do. Then he will be able to see the promises come to pass. But if we've got stuff in us we can't get over. It's going to make it hard for us to be obedient. It's going to be hard for us to inherit those blessings. You know, uh, The just always live by faith. And obedience will always uh, curry God's favor. The Bible says to obey is better than sacrifice. Hmm. Well, a lot of times people, you ever see people sometimes do something wrong and they want to try extra hard to be nice to you the next time. Never apologize, never say they're sorry, but they kiss up and want to make up a zillion times. Well, see, that's the sacrifice element of disobedience. See, and instead of just doing what's required and humbling themselves and say, you know, I, I was short with you. I was impatient with you. I shouldn't have said that like that to you. I'm sorry. That kind of thing. That people don't like doing that because that's too right. See, that'll make it right and them wrong. But God will be pleased. Huh? You don't hear it as much among Christians as you need to. You know, as we need to just, we should be always about straightening out misunderstandings and and things of that nature but we let them we let them go on because of our pride see and oftentimes we don't we can't stay on track with God because we just don't can't find a way in the darkness that we we keep around us all the time and so it's it's good to know you know that we have a way into God's pathway and a way into and it's obedience and doing the right thing and making sure Things are right between us uh, and other individuals, you know, and and, uh, make sure that we're all on the right page together so that we can walk together in this life and be obedient uh, to the Lord. So when we talked about what do you see, we were were speaking about this uh, in 1 Kings chapter 18, this uh, story with Elijah and uh, this servant. And uh, how servants sometimes perceive masters. This is one of the stories that's going on here. Servants often don't want to obey the master. Mm -hmm. You know this is a good lesson for you at your employment. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes you don't want it. You just want to do enough for eight hours so you can go home. It was interesting in, in Ephesians it says servants obey your masters. It didn't say love them but we are commanded to love everybody aren't we? So that goes without saying. You got you to gotta love your boss. You got to love the person that's put over you. Uh, it was interesting you know I noticed that my uh, my husband never disliked any boss he had. And, and he... 
you know he's a normal human being like everybody else but they worked in when you got to be a manager you worked in such close relationship with people that you had to get that straightened out if you if you were going to go farther you know and he wanted to go as far as as the company would let him go and so and there's nothing wrong with that you know sometimes people think there's something wrong with you if you want a promotion or you want to prosper you know they want to keep you down and keep you under uh and keep you uh you know there's a mindset that if you if you get over a certain rank you've joined the enemy you know you've it's the old bolshevik mentality mm-hmm. you know <laughs> you know the you're point you're trying to be the czar over here you can't do that you know you got to stay with us <laughs> doing nothing and broke and poor and stupid you know all that kind of stuff but but there came a certain place where where you had to they had to kind of know you were with them and there were certain things that were expected you you know if they if you got invited somewhere you didn't dare turn that down you went you know it was like it was on your free time and it was a social obligation but it was like your job so you didn't refuse your boss any invitation you didn't you know that you didn't say you were too busy or you didn't say well I'll check with my wife and see if we're busy you just said yes sir you know to everything and so when you when you got to a certain level they kind of knew your heart because if you got in enough social settings if you had something against your boss it was revealed pretty quickly you got me and so that's how they check you out to see if you're you're with them or not oh absolutely and if they're going to embrace you and take you higher and you're going to get the bigger paycheck and you're going to get the bigger office and you're going to get all of that stuff they've got to know that your heart is with them can't they can't catch you bite backbiting that's out you can say anything negative about the about the boss to anybody wife included uh, if you're going somewhere you've got to be obedient all the way down the line <clears throat> and so I think it's important what the Bible says about servants you know obey your masters do what they tell you to do because you are trying to attain you can't get anywhere above the authority that's over you and you won't get there through disobedience you'll never get there through disobedience you'll get to a certain level maybe but you won't go any farther until you learn how to obey and just do what's expected so here Elijah said to verse 14 in First Kings 18 Elijah said to Ahab get up eat and drink for there's a sound of abundance of rain so he says the fasting is over there's time for as I hear the sound of prosperity in other words I know you were holding off on eating anything because you didn't know when you were going to get any more so now you can start to relax a little bit you can start to rejoice a little bit because I hear the sound of abundance of rain Ahab went up to eat and to drink so he obeyed the prophet Elijah went up to the top of Carmel and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servants go up now look toward the sea and he went up and looked and said there is nothing he came back seven times he told him to go back seven times now 
this servant what he says and does is inconsequential totally to the fact that God is going to bring prosperity I'm going to say it again what this servant does whether the servant sees it or not has nothing to do with God's decision to bring prosperity to this land nothing to do whatsoever why on earth is the prophet persistent in telling the servant to go back and look why would anybody get you engaged in something if God's going to bring it to pass anyway why it's a good question for everybody to understand the answer to because just like the servant didn't think it was consequential because he didn't really want to see it and didn't really look huh? why would his, this man of God even bother to tell him to go do something if God's going to bring it to pass anyway if you are serving what are you serving for That's a good question to ask yourself. You're serving for Huh? Oh, that's a chicken answer. Come on, give me a real answer. You're serving for reward. You get a paycheck. You're serving for something to put into your life. You're serving for reward. How do you get reward? By being obedient to the master. No matter what the master tells you to do. Even if it's something you don't think is going to work. I don't think it's You know how servants are. They got their own ideas about stuff. They got their own opinions about stuff. This servant's reward will be vision. And vision is worth everything in God's kingdom. It's worth everything to the prophet. If a prophet can't see, they're no good to God and they're no good to the people. So he's working. His reward will be vision to see as God sees. This is the first test. You look at Ezekiel. You look at Jeremiah. You look at Isaiah. God took me up with the hand of God and showed me so and said, what do you see? You got to see what God sees or you won't get anything from him. You won't be any use to him and you won't be any use to the people. You got to train yourself to stay focused so that God can open your spiritual eyes and you can see like you're supposed to see. You got to be able to see what God sees for you, for your life, where it won't happen for you. You won't know where you're going. You know. There's all kinds of spirit-filled pew sitters. They just come and they go. They don't know what they're here for. Most of them can't even respond to a, one of those little rah-rah messages. You know, where everybody jumps up on their feet and crying and snorting and hollering and go back home and do the same thing over and over again. Um, they can't even see that far. But it's very important that we train ourselves to see and see what God sees only. See that's worth money in the bank. 
Most of our problems come when we start seeing what the devil wants us to see or what the world says is out there for us. And we start entertaining ourselves with the fact that we have nothing more coming than what the world has to offer. So it's very important to see what God sees. The the ones that really got over in the Bible, the people in Hebrews 11, know that chapter? And we scared to look at because we don't even know how them people are. Like, oh my goodness, we have much more than they have and I can't even barely measure up hardly. Huh? This is what they did. They trained themselves to see only what God said was there. And didn't believe in what else was there. Didn't focus on it. So he said there's nothing. He said go again seven times. You see the labor that the man of God has with the servant to train him. And make sure he gets him trained so that he can see what God tells him he sees. It's something we miss in in this day and age. You know people come in and want to prophesy in your meeting. You don't know them. You haven't trained them. You you don't know if they're accurate. And they get mad at you and fall out because you won't let them go bless everybody. You know I mean there's nothing in the Bible that even indicates that that's permissible. Or that's something God would would you know? <laughs> I mean, I don't doubt God has a word for people will bring it, but somebody's just sitting there and just wants to get up and talk to people. Come on now, that's when is that ever allowed? That's like going and taking the microphone from the preacher and wanting to do the sermon instead of them. You got me? So these things, and if you don't really understand that that's true, read your Bible again. But you see how long it takes to develop obedience which leads to accuracy in servants. The labor that you have to put with somebody. When they keep coming back and seeing the wrong thing. Or they keep doubting what the prophet says and and they make mistakes. You got me? And so you, you have to understand that people have to labor with people. To get them to focus on what's really there. And what's important to God. Hmm? And he tells him to go back. And every time he tells him he doesn't see anything. He says go back again. Because he knows if this servant's going to be. If he's going to be successful. His eyes are going to have to be opened. Huh? He's going to have to be able to see accurately. What we've done in the body of Christ if we've heard a lot of things and we borrowed vision off of other people. We haven't bothered to go back and see what God's showing us. And we don't meditate and get revelation like we're supposed to. We don't stay with the word and, and get the meat of it like we're supposed to. But we, we just go about and collect the most popular revelation that everybody else is getting. We get the skim of it. Just like everybody's got the skim. And nobody's gotten any substance that you can really live off of. And so it's very, very important. This, this step is important. Go again seven times. Go again until you see what God wants you to see. Whatever you do, get your vision correct. Get the word correct. Get it understood correctly on the inside of yourself what God wants you to do. It says, and it came to pass at the seventh time that he says, oh yeah, well I see something. It's a little cloud 
coming up out of it. But it's only the size of a man's hand. See if God showed it to you it doesn't matter what size it is. It doesn't matter. He's always going to produce that vision and seed form anyway. He's going to give you a glimpse of glory. He's not going to give you the fullness of it yet. But you'll start to see it coming into manifestation if you stay focused on it. Not let the devil steal it from you. So he said to Ahab go up prepare your chariot and get down and don't let the rain stop you. And and the, the king again did exactly what he told him to do. It's amazing attitude and how they received the word. Why is this king so obedient? Ahab of all people. It's a man that only listens to his wife. He thinks she's God. All of a sudden he's listening to the prophet. Could it be that he wants to see what the prophet is saying comes to pass? See all you got to do is set your heart to agree that you want to see whatever God has for you. You want to see it come to pass. You don't judge whether you like it or not. You don't judge whether it's right or not. You don't judge whether you like him anymore or not. Or you love him or you loved him in the first place. Or you married him for the wrong reasons. You just want to see what God's promised you come to pass. Without putting your conditions on it. You want to see it come just like he showed it to you. So in receiving vision from God the first thing it starts with a sound. We always start by hearing the word. Revelation of God begins with a sound. A hearing. Prophet heard it. And it doesn't matter if, if somebody prophesies it to you. You read it in the word yourself. You pick it up when, when preaching comes forth. Whatever you must hear God's word in order to get revelation from him. Hmm? your mind then will begin to identify the sound you've got to be sure of what you just heard the prophet says I hear the sound of abundance of rain the hearing and the interpretation must come from God you can't hear something and then assume the interpretation People will hear, well God wants you to be happy. Oh that must mean that that woman I just met. That don't mean that. Hmm? The last woman you had was more trouble than, than happiness. Come on now. <laughs> Nonsense. You can't assume an interpretation of a word from God. You have to get the interpretation from him. What did he say to the prophet? He said tell me what you see. He said I see so and so. He said you have well seen. God judges what we see. He judges the accuracy of it. Whether it's for us or not. So when we start. Then your mind will identify the sound. God will tell you what it is that you're hearing. And your mind has to identify it, agree with it, and give and give an okay to it. 
If you know the answer is imminent, you'll begin to look for the manifestation. You've got to look for it to happen or it's not faith. It's just a collection of facts in your brain if you're not expecting it. So once you start, it starts to visualize to you, you have to start looking for the manifestation because it could come at any time. It's not far away as we think. So you start to expect it to manifest in natural circumstances. Mm -hmm. So we first have to hear then identify what we hear. By getting a, a, a revelation or an interpretation from God. And look for God to manifest. So there's obedience required at each step. And this process, whether we believe it or not, is repeated in everything that God gives us. You have to hear first, understand what you heard, get understanding. The Bible says if you don't, that that seed is like thrown by the wayside. It's like you didn't even hear it. Hmm? You ever see people that their answers are right there in the sermon and they just keep... Their mind keeps floating over it and they're looking for something else to hear and looking for something else to hear. So we need to hear that word as an answer to our need. Jesus told us to be careful how we hear. How you hear. Did you hear that as an answer to your need? Or was it just words? Something that sounded nice. Something that boy I wish I could have that. If I could only have that my life would be set. Hmm? So you have to be careful how you hear. The value that you place on words is very important. If you just let them float over and don't hide them in your heart. Don't make a decision to grab onto it. This is something that I want in my life. Hmm? Some people use words to validate or vindicate themselves. You know, it's I'm doing right. I know I'm doing right. I just heard that. I'm, there's nothing wrong with me. Instead of hearing words that will challenge you to go farther in God. You know, even though you're doing right, we're all doing right. We're doing some stuff right. We're doing some stuff not so right. But we need to be challenged to go farther on the road with God. To keep plowing, to keep overcoming, to keep, you know, doing more of what we're doing right. Can you do that in a more right manner? That kind of thing. Because God always wants to bring more prosperity and more blessing to us. So we want to hear oftentimes of what we agree with instead of what challenges us. We're often offended if we're challenged. If you want to move, want to get a saint upset, you move they they seat in church, you know, kind of thing, huh? It's true, and it's the same way spiritually speaking. If you want to get church people upset, you tell them they could do more for God. Mm-hmm. I get my tithe, I get my offering. I don't smoke, I don't drink, I don't, you know. <laughs> we started reading off our list of credentials because we don't want to think we could be doing more, you know. Start protesting. How do I fit all that into my schedule? Man, bah, 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 bah. Hmm? <laughs> Sometimes if we're told that our disobedience has kept us off the path of righteous, 
of righteousness even though we see ourselves blessed you know we're we're not pleased with that you know we somehow think that after we've walked with God for a season we're not supposed to hear about wrong anymore you're not supposed to you know people even go so far as to tell church people they're too sin conscious you know uh, I don't know where that comes from because if you're I mean if you're righteousness conscious you're you're in righteousness if you're sin consciousness you're probably in sin or condemnation or something goofy you shouldn't be in so you you know you either have one mindset or the other you 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 don't like keep you know righteous people don't think bad stuff all the time see there's got to be some unrighteousness there for you to even to be interested in it to that degree if it's nothing other than you didn't read your word enough to get get convinced that your sins are forgiven you got me so there's something there that needs to be corrected anyway folks it's not we're so conscious of sin that we can't do right anymore that's just stupid you know really is there something else wrong there that a person is not focusing on righteousness and getting busy working for God tell you what's the problem with many people is they're not fully equipped enough to be effective for God so your mind starts to settle back in the old law the do's and the don'ts well why am I not doing more for God well it must be that there's something wrong with me yeah you need to be equipped to get up and do more for God equipped people don't have that problem huh equipped people don't they they know what they're here for their minds are active and energized to do the will of God they know that they can go and witness to somebody they can go pray for somebody at any they're totally confident because they are equipped and they're not sitting around wondering why God doesn't use them for one reason or another you got me so there's something here that's that needs correcting anyway it's not this nonsense you know people you know you have to keep your mind healthy you need to think on things that are good and lovely and pure and of good report if you don't do that you're sunk anyway and so we we have to understand that these things are necessary if we're going to be obedient to God obedient steps require obedient minds minds that are steeped in the love of God that understand what a righteous mindset is what righteous thoughts are versus unrighteous thoughts unrighteous thoughts aren't you know smoking drinking cussing and sometimes unrighteous thoughts are focusing on yourself all the time I can think of no other game to play that will get you in trouble than that pretty soon you're feeling sorry for yourself pretty soon you want more for yourself pretty soon you're disgruntled with somebody pretty soon you're disgruntled with God and so these things are very very important to stay out of if you're going to obey God it's a work definitely a work so we also have to process the sounds that we hear when you hear the word you have to make sure that God is able to confirm that word to you with a sign whether you need the sign or not but he will confirm his word to you with a sign now we've been told 
We we a wicked and perverse generation looks for. You're not looking for a sign. But God will confirm it anyway. Bible says he confirms his word with signs following. Sometimes that sign is a second confirmation of the word. It, it, he tells you over and over and over again. And that's pretty much how he deals with us as believers. God is not short on telling you that again. If, if you need to have that word confirmed. But he always confirms his word. Always does. I was... Um, I was uh, thinking about this testimony that I'd heard about a uh, a woman that had her husband had gotten a diagnosis of a cancer that was rare and was rapidly growing, and uh, they had they had been offered treatment, but you know they always say, "Well, we can, but it won't do you much good." It was one of those situations where it was wasn't going to do him any good, and but I think. Part of, of what they were expecting was they were expecting some kind of transplant for him. I'm not sure if it was cancer, if it was a, a heart disease or something. But he needed a transplant of some organ. And while she was praying for a transplant, she got convicted. And she said, God, I just don't think somebody has to die before my husband can live. She said, I don't feel good about that. And, and, and she started to pray and said well God just give him a new one whatever it is and and she said and I'll believe you if you make it snow and they were somewhere in some hot like Texas or some some desert kind of place and hadn't snowed in since the turn of the century it hadn't even snowed since 1900 before then and she said on Christmas Eve or something you know something totally wild and she woke up on Christmas Eve with big snowflakes in fact she sent a picture of her standing out in the snow to took a picture of it and as she shares this testimony she sends a picture with her testimony well God confirmed his word with a sign and that reassured her and comforted her that her waiting was not in vain I don't understand people who don't want to have God's word confirmed. You know, you confirm it to them. Well, God told me already. Well, I know. Unrighteousness. See, that kind of attitude toward God's word is an unrighteous attitude. Correcting Correcting God for confirming it to you. It's not right. There's something not right there. Somehow you're not receiving that word. And it's not being deposited in you. And it's not getting rooted in you in the way that that it needs to be. So it can start to guide your life. It can start to produce fruit. It can start to manifest in your life what God wants it to produce in your life. Because he wants us to have a full life. He doesn't want us to always be sitting waiting for something to happen or bored or we can't have enough of this or why doesn't this, you know, that kind of stuff. He doesn't want that for us. But if we don't let this process work in our lives and understand that God has a way of helping these things to go farther, we're, we're going to be going to be in bad shape. No, sometimes people that don't believe, you know, in the supernatural, 
I know God sent many people to those people to pray for for things that they need and they'll refuse it or they'll give some kind of curt answer or some kind of flip answer and that kind of thing you can see their hearts really not engaged in that and how do you know God hasn't sent those people there somebody's got an anointing that's going to help that thing that you you need that's obvious you know it's just it's horrible sometimes the way but but yet they're working for God and doing what they think is important for God but they're not letting God do everything that God wants to do for us remember his plan his program his will his purpose his everything for us oftentimes we get caught up in one aspect of what God wants to do and kill ourselves trying to see it happen. Mm-hmm. Some of these ministers that go back to sin and die young, they kill themselves trying to make things happen in in the kingdom that they like. This is a preference kind of a thing. You see them get too far over on something and can't come back again. They're trying to drive an aspect of that promise that they like and not letting God do what he wants to do in their lives. Driven not led. So we have to be careful how we hear. Are we hearing that word the way God said it? Are we taking time with that word to meditate And get the full aspect and understanding of it. What are we doing with that word and how are we processing it? Are we being too superficial with it? Like the prophet's servant. I don't see nothing. I didn't hear God say that. I don't want that. No. In healing. Do you see yourself whole physically? Or are you not sure what you see? You just want to feel better. That's not what God, Jesus died for you to feel better. That's part of it. But he wants you to be made whole. That's why he'd ask people. He said, do you want to be, can I, will you let me make you whole? Will you let me do that? Because he knows so often people stop the process. They don't want to let God do enough stuff. Huh? Want to be your own surgeon. No. Huh? Go to the dentist and take the instruments out of his hands. Say, let me do this. Huh? You've been messing around in my mouth long enough. Let me do this. Huh? It's the same nonsense. You need to see yourself the way you were before sickness grabbed you. Not partially. Not with some of it gone or feeling a little bit better. But see yourself whole. Mm-hmm. You need to get stop winting. After some point, you're not winting anymore, but you're there. Amen. You got me. You, you get there. You get there. Get your healing. Even though winting is the obedience needed to possess our healing, keep winting. But you, at some point, you got to get there. You got me. So there is always a, an obedience or a corresponding action. That we must do to obtain the promises of God. So always. Always. You're not waiting, sitting, waiting on God. There's an obedience that you need to do. There's a prescription, a formula. There's a pathway. There's, There's a work of righteousness that we need to do that allows our faith to work. 
Bible says Abraham believed God and it was the same thing as righteousness to God. Till you believe all of what God has for you. Not telling him you don't want that or that's not for me or later. (laughs) We always go do it later. (laughs) Later is the same thing as no. Anytime you have the nerve to organize it in your life, you're saying no to God. Sure, he tells you when. You want it right away. Thank you, Jesus. I receive that. I believe I receive it right now. Right now. It's mine. Right now. Revelation really, I mean righteousness really allows us to see clearly the same way God sees. So if you get all that preference out of your eyeballs and you get all of that fear out of there and I don't want that or I'm too old for this or I want this and I just want that now and I don't want to wait for it. Now get that all of that out of there. Get that out of there. Because that's not righteousness at all. Righteousness has no no preconceived barriers, boundaries, and limitations. It doesn't add to or take away from God's word. It sees it just like God has it. Finally, the servant saw. He finally saw. Finally saw what God saw. And that's what we need to do as people. We need to finally see what God sees. All our teaching on prosperity has netted us almost nothing. We have a bunch of absent seats in churches now. People that were along for the ride and when they got disappointed they left. Why? They weren't anchored. Now everybody all of a sudden wants to preach on grace. They want to preach the gospel all over again. They want well, we got to preach the gospel is for the Christians now. You know everything. Praise God. You know they get it. Who told them to stop? And start ple- preaching only blessings. Can't get blessed without obedience. Hmm? We got a p- bunch of people now that don't know how to endure hardness. Don't know how to fight the devil because we've been sitting waiting for a cush life. You know, is in in more and more. God is bringing us into a place now where all the warfare tactics that we used to use and they didn't net much. They're going to start netting more. But we got so few people that paid attention to that aspect of what he was teaching. Huh? Somebody teaching you how to get rich. They better teach you how to fight to hold on to it. If they're not teaching you that, you won't get it to begin with. It's sitting there looking forever, waiting for something to walk in your door. You know, any any passive revelation like a wealth transfer. He's just sitting there waiting for it to show up in your bank account or something. You know, I mean, come on now. You won't find that, that term in the Bible. The Bible says the wealth of the wicked is laid up. For the just. Oh laid up. Laid up where? Well that's what you need to find out you lazy thing you. Huh? And how to get there. First thing a saint wants to know is where it is. And is it easy for me to get it? If it is too hard don't put me on the list. Or it requires work. No I'm not really interested in that. Hmm? It causes prayer. Faith. 
Huh? You get persecuted. You got some drawbacks there. Oh, don't sign me up for that. I just want to sit this pew, give it, give my tithes, and get rich. Sure, that's what we've been taught. We've been taught the simple formula of bring it to this church because it's good ground. Huh? Everything else is, you know, we don't want to talk about nobody, but you just got to watch where you plant your stuff. The Bible never said a place you give it. God's kingdom is always good ground. You give it from a pure heart. The ground you talking about, the ground of your heart. Do you want to give it to God or don't you? Faith in God is righteousness, folks. He sees you righteous when you put your faith in Him. Hmm? Not in not not sinning, or not in you know things that you've done wrong and did you repent enough? But put your righteousness is putting your trust in God and God's word. This is God's word I'm holding on to, and it's always going to come to pass. It, it can't fail. It won't fail. This is righteousness, folks. When you declare what God's word is and what it does in your life, this is this is how righteous people. This is what righteousness is in actuality. It's speaking the word, believing the word, trusting in the word, trusting in the God who gave you the word. And his confidence, his faithfulness, that he won't fail you. That as long as you hold on to this, there's a payoff for you. He won't let you down. That's what righteousness is. So on the road of righteousness, we have every right to expect promises to come. And to come to pass. Once you're on that road, you have every right to expect God's promises to come to pass. They won't come to pass on any other road. If you're if you pulled off the road and started to doubt, you're sitting behind the wheel and mad at everybody because you got to wait too long. You got to get back under the driver's seat. Keep driving on the road to righteousness. How long you been on there? Ever since I got saved. I pull off sometimes or I get tired sometimes but I manage to get myself back on here again. I'm driving and I know I will get to the promises. Huh? There's promises along the way. There's fruit along the way. There's sustenance on the, along the way. Righteousness feeds your soul healthy things. Hmm? Your soul can live in a righteous atmosphere. You allow yourself to understand and to think the word of God. To let love prevail in your heart. What's wrong with walking in love? You know you could be upset about things. But you correct yourself and decide to walk and let love prevail. You know these simple things like this. Keep you in righteousness. People who receive answers or breakthrough. Have altered the way they live. Believe and behave. They've made a change somewhere so that righteousness prevails in their hearts and in their minds and in their, their walking and their behaving. They've made some kind of change. They have matured in some way.
one on. They've matured. Come on now. They've matured in some way. Because they are not screaming for God to do it any way. I don't care about my condition God. I just want you to do this for me. I don't care if I don't measure up God. I just want you to do this for me. They've matured beyond that point. Where they don't care about their spiritual condition. See. They... People, righteous people want to please God above all things. When that's predominant in your thinking and that's predominant in the way you conduct yourself, then all things are possible to that type of person. Because pleasing God is all that matters to them. The answers don't matter. The breakthroughs don't matter. That, that stuff doesn't matter. You know, and they have that. And they have assurance that they have it any time they want. That's what maturity does. It assures you that you have what you want and you're content in it. They respect the relationship between themselves and God. And how important their obedience is to that relationship. See, obedience is is important to the relationship, not so much the promise. If you're thinking about obeying so you can get something, you're going to wind up being legalistic pretty soon. You're going to wind up being sin conscious pretty soon. Because as soon as it doesn't come as fast as you think it's supposed to come, you're going to wonder. But if you obey so that you can please God... And that's uppermost in your mind. You know, you know, God, you know, I got bills to pay and you know, I got this and I got that. He always pays your bills. He always keeps you going. He always does this and that. So just let your mind settle down and get back to where you know that pleasing him is all that mad. God, forgive me. I got anxious about that for a minute. I got nervous about it. I forgot that you've already taken care of that for me. And I just want to be right with you now. I want to walk with you. I want to enjoy our relationship together that's what I want mature person wants relationship and not things we know how important it is to obey God as far as us pleasing him that's uppermost in our minds we've gone beyond See, we get the promises so that we can be partakers of his divine nature After a while the promises kind of fade in the background. And partaking of his divine nature becomes the most important thing to us. When we get prophecy. The purpose of prophecy in this process. Is that prophecy touches God on your behalf. See the prophecy puts you in contact with God's mind. So you can know what he's thinking about you right now. Amen. See the you, the word that you read, you it's general kind of, you know, you it it pleases you, but what do I focus on right now, God? That should be the And see as as prophetic people, we have it so much better than people who don't have prophecy. I mean accurate prophecy from God. That's why prophets' phones ring off the hook. Because everybody wants to know that they can touch God. God can be touched to assure them of something he's thinking for them right now. 
And it's not a general something or something that's off in the sweet by and by. It's right now. What does he want me to do right now? What does he have for me right now? Keeps you from sitting around wondering too much. So you know what he has for you right now. So the purpose of prophecy in this process is that prophecy is able to touch God on your behalf. Man, when you receive it, somebody has touched God on your behalf. That's very important to know that you're that important to God. Prophecy brings the word to your ears. And it's the beginning of this process. You hear the sound. You identify the sound. And then you look for the manifestation. And it can happen at any time. Whenever your soul is converted to really know what God wants for you. Then the full manifestation will happen at any time. God makes it easy for you to hear what he's saying through prophecy. Very important. Very important. That's why you don't want prophecy abused. That's why you don't want people to to harden themselves against it. And get bored with, well here's another word again. Somebody else trying to give me another word. That kind of thing. You want it to be timely. You want it to be accurate. And you want it to be something that will enhance the relationship with God. So that people can know that God's thoughts toward them are good all the time and that's validated because we have heard from him and this is what he has said the other thing that prophecy does is it helps you spend your time wisely in God if he says that he wants his people to be ready to deliver the word of the Lord to anybody anywhere then you know that that you can expect God to use you You understand what I'm saying? These things get us in readiness for what God's doing so that we're not off somewhere here doing something else. And when the word comes to us, then we think that's not God or we're too busy or we don't know what to do with it. We're ready for for what God wants to do. That that readiness has to be there so that his people, when, when that God confirms that word, when he puts a word in your heart for somebody, or he puts a word in your spirit for somebody, when that word comes forth, we'll know what to do with it. We're not sitting wondering if this is God or not. Does he want me to say this to this person? Should I say this? If I say this, I'll get in trouble. Once prophecy has come and your heart is readied for the fact that God wants you to to visit people with this word he will put a word in you that will change people that will will revolutionize uh, their lives that will change their lives forever when you understand that God wants you to use that you'll expect it you start expecting to prophesy to people you start expecting to have a word in season for people you start expecting God to use you more so that prophecy should equip you for further things in God they always add one to another there's no such thing as you got a prophecy and you're waiting on it to happen and nothing's going on anywhere if that was God and you heard it right and you interpreted it right you probably need to go back and listen again and ask God to tell you what is what is in this for you 
What do I do with this, God? What What am I waiting? I'm sitting here waiting. I'm, you know, I'm bored. I want to find this to do with my spare time. You shouldn't have any spare time. I'm telling you, if you if you understand what God's doing with you and how He wants to use you, come out of your carnality and start to ask God to show you this word. Show it to me, God. We made our declaration at the conference. Show me God. Show me my place in that. Show me what I'm to do with that Father. Show me. All of these things that he's been telling us for several years now about being prophetic people. Show me God. Show me what I'm supposed to be doing. Make sure that word, it's not just something you hear, but you get the interpretation of it in your life. What does this word mean for me personally? What can I expect to see come to pass? What can I expect God to use me as? How can I expect God to use me? Sometimes we've seen things happen to us in the workplace where we finally get up and we go and pray for somebody and they're healed instantly. When is that going to happen, God? Was that really you or is that my imagination? I mean, it lines up with your word. But show me. Start to show me. You've got to go back seven times sometimes so we're going to show it to you. But show me. Let me see it. So this is what prophetic people need to do. You know, we don't just collect scriptures anymore. We're not collecting. And you shouldn't be looking for food to eat like some starving person. You need to feed on what, get the fullness of what you got now. So that word will grow in you. Because these things are real, folks. If we, we sit up and we say, we're going to have the latter rain. It's going to be more than the book of Acts. We say it, but we don't believe it. Because we act like we're just waiting on a financial blessing like everybody else is. We're not waiting to be used. Amen. So we got to start doing this, folks. you got to see yourself. you got to see this word. you got to see what God sees. You can't quit on this until you see what God sees in this for you. And see yourself in it. See yourself performing the works of God. See yourself doing what God wants you to do. See yourself getting people to come to church where they tell you no all the time. See yourself not afraid to go back and approach those people again. See yourself doing the works of God. Period. So that he can get his work done. Because he's looking to us to do it folks. And we won't do it if we don't stay with this word until it is real to us. Go back seven times. Go back twelve times. Go back to some of us haven't gone back once. We haven't. Just collect words like we collect everything else. And once we've got the goodies off of it for us, we're done with it. You know what I'm saying? You know, come on now. You can work for God every day. You can have an accurate prophecy. God, what do I need to tell my neighbor that that won't come to church with me? What do I need to tell that person that I can't win? What do I need to... What, 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 what? If he told you to go in all world preach the gospel, he must have a word for you to give to those people. huh? He's already told us so many times. He's got a word for us. 
and it will explode inside them it will produce what God wants that's what prophetic people do they change things they change things they change people they change the world one person at a time two people at a time a neighborhood at a time they change things it's not the same old same old once you're involved with it but it's everything that God wants it to be because that's who we are folks it's wake up need to wake up to who we are and wake up to who we are again and wake up to who we are again so that we can do and be everything what God wants us amen why don't we stop father in heaven we thank you as your word is true if we are prophetic people and let's get to getting Let's get to prophesying. And I don't mean all this little personal witchcraft stuff that we try to blow each other's minds with. But we have a word in season for the weary. We have a word in season for people who are outside of your covenant. Sinners encroaching in on the church trying to make the church do what they want us to do. And still we have no word for them. So, Father, we're going to stay with this process. We're going to keep going back until we see your word. And see ourselves in it. And see our place in it. And we thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God.